We shift into supercars mode for this edition of the KTM Summer Grill. Nice to have you with us. Joined by Andrew Van Leeuwen and Dan Herrero. And on the line, he's clearly enjoying his holiday break from a park somewhere. Hello, Nick Perkett. How are we? Great to uh, great to have you with us, mate. Let's let's look back on the the 2023 year, but I guess in some respects you're already looking forward to 2024. Yeah, look, uh, it was a tough year, but um, it happens in life. It's always uh, smooth sailing, and yeah, definitely got one eye on next year. But um, trying not to get too excited, I'm getting charged by Nelson. Um, <laughs> Just yeah. walk us through what's going on there. That's that, <laughs> Nelson. Oh. <laughs> we're, at, we're at the dog park. We've just had a wash. So he's a bit nothing about. Love um, it. We will. Yeah. We'll juggle that. Keep going. Take my every dog. <laughs> um, yeah. So obviously, twenty twenty three didn't go the right way, but uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to next year. Obviously, as a professional athlete, you know, and as a human being, those tough seasons like that, how big a toll has it actually taken on you personally? I mean, we can't hide from the fact things haven't gone the way that anybody expected them to go. How tough has it actually been over the past two seasons? Yeah, 100%. Um, I think this year was like my worst season ever. It's the first time in my career from seven-year-old go-karting Nick to now that I haven't got a trophy um, in whatever I was racing. So, yeah, it was tough. Um, obviously, far from ideal, but I think on the flip side, um, got good people around me, even stuff with that karting team that I've got going on. You know, the kids still, you know, love it. Um, they keep me fairly grounded because uh, it kind of helps me remind them, you know, when I was their age, I dreamt being a supercar. Um, and to be honest, it's probably a few of them that kept me on the grid for next year. I was probably close to being done, I guess. Wow. Um, but yeah, when you look at them and other people around me and they go, mate, there's 20 seats or whatever you want to call it, seats on the grid. Um, you're very, very lucky to be doing what you're doing. It was a uh, very good motivation to uh, you know, get that deal done with MSR and um, we'll continue. Just just expand on that a little bit, if you will. When you say you were pretty close to being done, was there a moment in, in 2023 where you thought that was going to be the case? Um, oh, I had people wanting me to drive. It was more I wasn't that keen to do it, to be honest. Um, yeah, I needed to make sure I was in the right spot um, with the right people around. Um, and yeah, it wasn't the most thrilling couple of years. So uh, yeah, I was like, you know what? Maybe I've got more enjoyment out of um, helping the young guys come through and um, mentor the young carters and, and stuff that I've got going on there. So yeah, definitely a point where I was like, nah, I probably had enough of being bashed into the ground. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, then on the flip side, after Taylor and Ben, I think it was a couple of weeks after, um, had some small dialogue with Matt and Taylor and Ben kind of was like, yeah, you know what, still can drive. You know, we finished fourth there and um, when the car's right, it was no stress. Um, yeah, jumped on the plane, went up there and within 25 minutes of being there probably, I was like, oh, actually, this has got the right feel about it and I want to have a crack and see if you know, we can do a deal. And I think within an hour, it was all done and I was happy to be, I got back on the plane you know, um, excited to be continuing where on the way up there, I wasn't sure. So, yeah, it's, it probably says a lot about Matt and his opportunity seems pretty cool. Mm. What, do you have any insight into why it didn't work at WAU? Like, you're a proven race winner, but it just didn't seem to happen there. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure why, to be honest. Um, 
there's no lack of trying from both parties. Um, oh, no, look at it back at it. I think, you know, um, you know, when I was at BJR, um, I had a run there where there was different teammates and different people driving the cars and it didn't work out for them. So I think when you're ingrained in the team, it makes a huge difference. Um, and, you know, I've said to Chaz, I've said it to Bruce and everyone, I said, Chaz, you know, you've got a good thing going here. You know, you need to maximise that um, position you're in because um, it's always greener on the other side. So, uh, yeah, I think just for whatever reason, it didn't kind of pan out. You know, we had this year, I think a lot of it stemmed down to, oh, it was just, pure chance of the Gen 3 things going on. I think at one point there we're up to like 16, I call it Gen 3 mechanical failures from like 17 races or whatever, you know, 17 sessions. So even that you didn't get a fair shot at at getting a result because you're missing practice sessions. You're missing pre-season testing. I think one of them, my car didn't even run for the majority of the day. You know, like I think I worked out before round one, I'd done it about a quarter of the miles in a Gen 3 car to others. So, you know, it was just no, it's just a snowball effect. And, um, yeah, like I said, no lack of trying from the WOU guys. But, uh, yeah, just for whatever reason, things in life don't work out. And that's what I kind of put it down to. I was like, it just wasn't meant to be. So, um, yeah, press on. And the good thing is it was amicable. There was no dramas. It was all just, yeah, shit happens, really. So what... You said it took about 25 minutes to make up your mind at, at MSR's workshop. What was it exactly that was so appealing and that basically brought you back from the precipice? Oh, they're races. Just pure races. You know, Matt took me through the factory and it was like, you know, the way he trains the mechanics and teaches them every craft you need to be a supercar mechanic rather than um, a road car mechanic, I guess you'd call it that. Like, it's, you know, he's like, yeah, we teach them how to weld, we teach them how to paint, we... We have all this going on. Um, I think that was the, the big thing. I could see how much it meant to him as well, not just you know the driving group. Um, and then obviously the, um, the link in with T8, which I wasn't actually really aware of until I went up there, that they um, debrief, pre-brief with T8, and there's some data share there. Um, yeah, I thought I was putting myself in a pretty cool spot with them. And I guess the smaller team um, felt like it was a, it was all about racing, not so much about racing and commercial. So that's probably what appealed to me the most. Is kind of reminded me of a little bit of BJR, a little bit of you know, Sonic, you know, all the way I go about the karting stuff. We're just there to go fast. Um, and that's all that matters. So I think that's what probably got me over the line. And he didn't even know he was saying the right things. It was just um, halfway through the conversation, I just had a smile on my face. I'm like, yeah, we need to make it happen. So yeah, I thought, well, to be honest, I asked the people around me if you ever spoke to them, you know, Bailey and everyone in my life, they were like, oh, he was done. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, I'm very excited. To be honest, I'm trying not to say too much. It's still December. I'm still working for WAU, obviously. So, it's um, mm. yeah, it's an exciting time, though. Hey, you brought up the karting team and, and um, the love that you have for that project. Just give us a sense for the for the audience of, of how big that undertaking is, why it excites you, and, and, and why you've, you've ventured down that path. Um. Oh, I think the reason I ventured down the path is because of the, I think it's hard to get an opportunity now. Like harder, even in karting, it's very hard to get the right opportunity with the right equipment. Um, because karting kind of left the scene of, you know, dad and son in a trailer to now you need to be with a team with the right 
the chassis under you and stuff like that. So it's very, very professional now. It's just great for Cardi, but on the flip side, it probably makes it harder for nearly the everyday parents and kids to get it done. So I wanted to put a program together um, with some sponsors around the team that meant I could grab the kids that don't have the big budget to go racing. Um, and you know where talent outweighs the money, I'm trying to put them in front of the right people. Um, if I can do that, who knows? But I'm trying to give them a chance and um, get them on the big scene in karting in a, in a different way. And then, um, yeah, <laughs> the workload is, is large. I'm setting it up, you know, it's, I think when did I announce it? Mid-year, and that was already a couple of months, months after I decided I was doing it and started the process. And um, yeah, when you've got, you've got 15 carts in the factory now, 10 of them have been raced and used for testing and another five will come on during the year for the drivers. Um, then you need the toolboxing, the spares. Like, it's a lot. It's, it's <laughs> honestly as big as a, what I probably remember from the Ford team being, you know. Um, so there's a lot that goes on, which is, which is cool. And I think the biggest love for it is I get to meet all the kids that are aspiring to do what I'm doing. Um, even on the weekend, I raced at the a Victorian state title um, race meeting in Pachuca and um, I actually decided to have a race and the kids were racing and it kind of gave me more motivation you know I didn't qualify that well and it gave me more motivation to show them a bit of race craft, uh, race craft a bit of you know passing stuff um, when you know one of my drivers is a bit timid with passing so I was like look mate you can come from a fair way back you can do this that um, and you know how important it is to keep pressing on and dig deep and you know I end up on the podium which probably wasn't the quickest there but you end up P2 for the weekend it shows then that if you have the right mentality and race craft and you don't have to have the best engine and the best everything on the grid to get done so I think that's the bit I love about it now uh, Nicholas motorsport is dangerous even if you're not actually driving a car or cart can we tell one of the great untold stories of the year so far about the finger heading into Bathurst 1000 Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I was in Sepang uh, with young Brad Madsman, one of my junior drivers, and uh, we went over there for quite a big race and all going swimmingly. And um, I was like, I'll do the right thing. I put a, put a fresh axle in it for Sunday. He's done a fair bit of work. And um, couldn't give away one of my setups, but it's fine. I think we all do it. We cut the axles down to change the grip level. Um, so I was just cutting that down and managed to basically cut my uh, finger off in the process. Thankfully, it was on my left hand. Um, and yeah, so I flew back with it all bandaged up um, after probably an hour in the medical center there and we're at the Spain Go-Kart Club. It's not probably the nicest medical center and they were literally <laughs> pulling parts of the grinder off my bone. And oh. Thankfully, the doctor, by chance, there was a, a surgeon and he's like, had a serious chat with me. He goes, if you don't get this fixed tomorrow in Melbourne, you're in a big drama for infection and all that. So, um, yeah, luckily Dr. Carl was amazing. Put me in the right, touch the right people. Had one of the best hand surgeons in Melbourne. Uh, I think I landed at midday, straight to the hospital, surgery at three o'clock and um, did an amazing job. Um, walked out of there with no cut, like nothing on it, and said, oh, I'll just start moving your finger. I've sewn all the tendons back together. I've sculpted the bone back, and you'll be good to go. So, yeah, I kind of drove uh, back there with a bit of a pistol look, um, <laughs> which the carding kid found hugely 
hilarious because they tuned into my onboard on the supercar app or whatever and they're all laughing at me with my gun driving around and thankfully it was the left hand so um yeah wasn't ideal prep um managed to keep it somehow down low from the team they didn't really realize until sunday when i took my glove off and there's stitches and blood everywhere on my hand so um yeah it's all good now though but dangerous dangerous thing karting so i barely banned me from using the grinder the week before uh, <laughs> I said the car event at the go-kart track, so now I'll get one of the boys to do that. <laughs> there you go. What a great story. Hey, before we let you go, um, you, you've covered how you felt at a, at a low point during the year. Summer gives you the chance, and you've, you've got this new opportunity with MSR now, and they've, they've had a bit of success during 2023 as well. Just give us a sense of the, of the summer reinvigoration that you're going to enjoy here before you launch into 2024. Um, oh, first thing, it's going to be like a... Yeah, once the Adelaide part finished, Adelaide part finished, finished and still, you know, virtually done and on track and stuff, it felt like a bit of a weight lifted off the shoulders. And then, yeah, no, already planning with Heath, my trainer, what we'll do pre-season. Um, yeah, I'm pumped as ever. Feels like it's, um, you know, I thought LDM was a, that was definitely a lifeline where this one was more, it was my decision, but um, very lucky to still be on the grid. You know, there's, when you look at Scotty Pye and Hazelwood missing out, it's, Shows how tough it is to stay on the grid, especially when you're getting a little bit older. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't wait. You know, I'll be up at the, the workshop more than you know they're probably expecting, <laughs> even though I'm living in Melbourne and annoying them. So yeah, I can't wait, and it'll be yeah, Bathurst can't come quick enough with uh, round one. And um, you know, to be honest, test day one it feels weird going to Ipswich to go testing because I've never done that in ever in my career since being in a supercar or Formula Ford, I've always been Melbourne-based, so it's um, even that's exciting. So it's a whole new lead, so which is very cool. Awesome. It's been great to catch up with you here on the KTM Summer Grill. Thank you very much for, for talking to us, and we wish you the very best for the 2024 season and, and new adventures in supercars. Go well. No worries. Thanks, boys, and thanks for having me at the, the dog park. <laughs> I love it, mate. That's yeah, great. That's, that's great. Thank you, mate. Thank you very much. Yeah. No worries. Where is he? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a stick. He's got a stick. Look at you go. Flat out. Legend. Who's his mate? Um, a guy, our housemate's dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. What a beauty. Yeah. Beautiful. You could be a winner each episode of The Summer Grill. KTM are giving you the chance to win a bar stool, a mug, and this race-inspired clock as well. So there's more good reasons to tune in and hear from some of the stars of world motorsport here as a part of the KTM Summer Grill. All you've got to do is click on the link below, fill in your details, and you could be in the running to win.